Chime in anytime. <laughs> oh no, I'm enjoying this far too much. Haven't you ever seen a rare hairless Wookiee before? Oh. Always remember I am here. Always remember I am Anakin Skywalker was weak. I destroyed. Doesn't matter where we come from, Admiral. Our will to be free is what's going to be. I am no Jedi. I'm glad I gave you something to look forward to. That thing's not a Wookiee. Hello there, and welcome to episode 20 of Distant Echoes, a Star Wars podcast, where we travel through the galaxy watching each episode of every Star Wars TV series in whatever the hell order we please. I'm your host, Tommy. And I'm your other host, the rotting carcass of a crate dragon slowly being carved up by the working class on Tatooine. Also known <laughs> as Cassie. And today... We're so freaking excited. Uh, we spent the last couple of episodes digging deep into everyone's favorite sassy Jedi uh, in our favorite Clone Wars <laughs> arcs. What? Wait, Obi-Wan Kenobi is our favorite sassy Jedi? Yeah. He's everyone's <laughs> favorite sa- sassy Jedi. What a sassy guy. He's just a sassy guy. Um, <laughs> and going over some of our favorite Clone Wars arcs in preparation... To be able to be in the right headspace for the premiere of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And it's here. It's upon us. It has happened. Um, and of yes. course, of course, Obi is less sassy boy and more broody boy right now. But it's understandable <laughs> because uh, if you didn't know, the series takes place 10 years after the events of Return of the Sith uh, in the Je- downfall of the Jedi Order. Um, and it kind mm-hmm. of picks up with young Luke on Tatooine as the Inquisitors. Yes, the very same Inquisitors from Star Wars Rebels, Jedi Fallen Order, and multiple Star Wars comics and novels hunting down the Jedi. The official description for the series is, During the reign of the Galactic Empire, former Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi embarks on a crucial mission. Kenobi must confront allies, turned enemies, and face the wrath of the Empire. The series premiered on Disney Plus on May 26 with the first two parts of the series. But of course, you all know all of this because this is the most anticipated Star Wars releases probably since The Force Awakens, uh, since it brings back fan favorites Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. There is a lot that we're going to cover today, Uh, so this might be a little bit longer of an episode. I don't know. There were two episodes! There were two episodes that we're going to be covering. We're going to be covering both of them. Uh, But before we do all that, Cassie, what what were your thoughts of the premiere so far? Was it everything you were hoping for? Was it different? What were you expecting? And did you like it? I, um did not set myself up for many expectations, to be honest. Not saying that I thought it was going to be bad, but that I just really had no idea what was going to happen. Because we don't really know much about Obi-Wan. Um, and obviously, I mean, we do know stuff about him, but like this 10-year space, we haven't gotten to see mm-hmm. anything that he's been doing. So I was very curious as to what was going to be happening. Was he going to be interacting with the the twins at all? Like, Obviously, we find the answer to that very quickly. Um, you know, were we going to see pretty abruptly any people that we really wanted to see? For example, Maul. 
That was the one thing I was really excited about. I don't know if that's going to be a possibility still, but even if not, now that I've seen the two episodes, I still care, but I don't yeah. care as much <laughs> because I I enjoyed them a lot. Overall, I really, really had fun with both of these episodes. I'll say the second one was by far more exciting to me than the first one. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Why well, I that? don't agree with that. <laughs> no, I... I, no, I, I just more... I, I don't know. I, all I know is that I had a lot of goosebumps. I cried. Um, it was great. It was great. I'm not trying to downplay it. Uh, not that anyone really needs to know, but if for some reason this audio sounds any different, it's because I am positive with the COVID and I'm in our bedroom and Tommy's in the other room. So it's a little bit different. Um, so I might, I don't know. I feel like dialogue wise, I sound a little weird. I think you sound. I think you sound perfectly fine. Uh, oh, you're so sweet. But we did have to watch these episodes separately, which was really yeah. sad. It was actually. Um, it was actually a significant bummer. I mean, we've we've watched like. I don't think that there's like since the original trilogy. Well, I take that back. I don't. We didn't watch like Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones together. But like since we went and saw Return of the Jedi together. Or sorry, Revenge of the Sith together in movie mm-hmm. theaters. Yep, and then since then, every other Star Wars thing, pretty much, we would have watched together. There was a there were a bunch of Clone Wars episodes, I think, that I watched by myself, kind of as yeah. we were kind of going through the series. But then we kind of, you know, we watched most of that together. We watched all of Rebels, uh, all that we've seen of Rebels together, and then mm-hmm. the new movies, we've seen those together. So, like... Yeah, this was like the first one since Attack of the Clones that we haven't actually yeah. watched together, which That's is true. weird. It was so very weird. weird. Also because we were watching it in like separate rooms to one another. So like, y- like I was watching it and I was trying not to scream and everyone knows that I'm very bad at like not giving spoilers <laughs> out. And so I was trying not to like directly yell things that were happening on the screen while we were watching. And I could not wait for you to get to the second episode. I mean, the first episode was also great, but there was like a moment that we'll get into that was probably the highlight of it for me, which was really silly, but also amazing. And I was just like, just screaming at different points. And you kept going, what? What? I I was like, I I can't say anything to you. I want to know what that is because I don't I don't know, like off the top of my head what that could be. Yeah, so unfortunately, we did have to watch this uh, premiere separate, but we only have a couple days until the next one comes out, and we'll probably be able to watch that together. And Wait. I honestly don't know wh- what's going to happen next. I think. Yeah. That, that, so you had mentioned a couple things that we'll talk about here in a second, um, one of which being whether or not we'll see Darth Maul. Um, and I think we actually have an answer to that. Uh, so. I did want to jump into talking about some details about the show overall and kind of how it came to be before we got into the nitty gritty of the episode itself. The reason is that the series actually has gone through a number of different changes. Um, and, and the way in which the show was kind of brought about is a little bit interesting. In February of 2013, Disney announced that they were developing a bunch of spinoff films in various different interviews. Um Ewan had said that uh, he would love to reprise the role of Obi-Wan. 
Disney had informal meetings with him to kind of gauge his interest. Uh, and they were just literally like, hey, are you for real? Or are you just joking? Uh, or I think they actually, his words were. Don't mess with us. Yeah, his words were, he, they asked him if he was just being polite. Um, and he was Aww. like, no, like, I <laughs> would love to do this. And kind of soon after that, they started developing this project. There's also, um, in some of the, the research that I had done, there was a... There was like a Hollywood Reporter poll after they announced they were doing character specific movies and Obi-Wan was like the one that had the most kind of like fans saying that they wanted to do it. I don't think that had any, first of all, I don't think that's surprising. I also don't think that would have had any bearing on Disney deciding to do an Obi-Wan movie. I think the fact that Ewan McGregor was like, I would love to do this is the main driver, right? Like behind them being like, okay, let's get the ball rolling on this. Um, again, I don't, I don't know. I'm just kind of, I, if I had to guess, I think that would probably be more impactful to them than like a fan poll. Stephen Daldry was brought on to direct and oversee, uh, the writing and directing, uh, Ewan was going to be a producer and then, uh, Hossein, uh, Amini was brought on to write. Uh, Hossein is probably, uh, most well known for writing, uh, Drive, Snow White and the Huntsman, and Shanghai, and a bunch of other projects. Um, he also worked on a British spy thriller, Our Kind of Traitor, which actually starred Ewan McGregor. Um, so he was brought on to write the uh, script for the film. And then here's where it starts getting a little bit interesting. Um, obviously, we didn't end up with a film, but rather this limited Disney Plus series. Uh, after Solo didn't do as well, like box office wise, as they'd hoped, they scrapped the plan. Uh, plans for these films and instead shifted to developing kind of a mini series and bolstering Disney plus, right? Like they were like, we're just going to mm. focus on doing more shows and things like that, as opposed to, uh, you know, doing more of these like character driven movies. So there was an original reason as to why Maul was in solo. There was a hope that he might return for another movie or something oh, that's like that. So Maul, th th that's an interesting question. Maul was initially, th there's rumors that Maul was initially going to be involved in this. At what point that was, I don't particularly know. I don't know if he was in thought of about in the script or if it was once it was turned into a movie. So one thing I will note, apparently TMZ got a copy of the production bulletin for the movie oh itself that had a synopsis, um, which according to them was Obi-Wan is on Tatooine being an elusive hermit and stuff, but secretly watches over infant Luke Skywalker, whom he delivers to Uncle Owen. Tensions between the local farmers and a tribe of Tuscan people headed by a ruthless war chief eventually brings Obi out of hiding and into ki Jedi kick-ass mode. That's awful. Yeah. I'm also glad, or I hope that they at least, like, didn't think about this when, uh, or I guess this might have happened before they started doing, uh, Mando, not Mando, uh, Boba Fett. Book of, yeah, Book of Boba Fett. I, I yeah, it's, it's interesting because it, it, I don't know, first of all, I don't know if it's true that they got this bulletin that had a synopsis. I, who knows? It would have been a very different movie, regardless. Like, cons especially considering like the how we get the new look of the Tuscan people in Book of Boba Fett. Um, but again, they kind of scrapped the plans for the movie and shifted to a series. Uh, and 
Ewan was uh, officially brought onto the project in August of 2019. Amini, who was writing the project at the time, mentioned that the show would deal with Obi dealing with the loss of his friends and would explore aspects other than action, like a spiritual look at Obi's journey. In an interview with Discussing Film, he had a lot of reverence for George Lucas's approach for the original films and talked about taking inspiration from Joseph Campbell's The Hero uh, with a Thousand Faces, which I know you know all about, Cass, uh, Buddhism, uh, and even samurai culture and lore. He also mentioned researching comic books and other Star Wars media. The series was scheduled to begin filming in July of 2020, and all six scripts were finished by Amini at that time. Deborah Chow, who, of course, we know worked on The Mandalorian and a number of other high-profile TV shows, was brought on to direct the series in 2020 as well. In January of 2020... Sorry, this is a lot of background stuff, but I think it's important. In January of 2020, it was rumored that the series was going to be canceled. Uh, obviously, it wasn't, but it did undergo some serious overhauls from the sounds of it uh, while in pre-production. There were concerns among like the story leadership, so like John Favreau, um, Kathleen Kennedy, uh, Dave Filoni, that the story was kind of too close to the Mandalorian arc where Mando is protecting Grogu. Um, yeah. And I'm going to read from The Hollywood Reporter now because, like I said, I think this is like particularly interesting. So this is from an article I found. Um, sources note that Filoni and Favreau were concerned about Obi covering similar ground as Mandalorian, the lone wolf cub-like story of Kenobi coming out of hiding to protect a child-aged Luke Skywalker. Maul was one of the villains who would participate in the hunt for the pair. Vader was nowhere uh. to be found. Vader was nowhere to be found in this faraway galaxy at this stage, according to those with knowledge of the project. Also, Filoni and Favreau pushed Chow in the, in the show to go bigger, according to several sources. In any case, those concerns made their way to Lucasfilm head Kathleen Kennedy, who pressed the pause button. Uh, Joby Harold was eventually hired as the show's new writer. It is unclear how far along in the process things initially unraveled. A boy was chosen to play young Skywalker, but no scenes with him were shot. As far as Parks, uh, and that's Ray Park, uh, Parks Mall goes, the picture is more cloudy. One source says that Park was on set for pre-production and was involved in stunt training. The source says footage of Park may have been shot, although other sources says it could have been test footage. Whatever the case, Park was back as Maul, or so he believed. In the overhaul, however, Maul was written out. One source says it was Filoni that conceptually keyed in on a way for Braider, Braider, <laughs> in a way for Vader <laughs> to be brought back as the big Braider. bad with the Grand Inquisitor, a character made popular by Filoni in the animated series Star Wars Rebels, also put into the story. I will note that, a, uh, and this is, I added the I will note, uh, a Lucasfilm source contradicted the account saying Maul was never intended to return for the series, nor did Park come to the set. Barf Brader. <laughs> Barf Brader. <laughs> so either way, all that said, it was rumored that we were going to get Darth Maul, but it was scrapped in the end. However, we did end up with the original writer, Amini, replaced by uh, Joby Harold, who's written, produced, or executive produced a few movies, including the Guy Ritchie King Arthur movie from 2017, Edge of Tomorrow, John Wick Chapter 3, and Army of the Dead. Hannah oh. Friedman, who has written and consulted on various Pixar movies and has a number of other credits, as well as Andrew Stanton, who is likely a familiar name to a lot of folks because he's been involved... 
with usually either as a writer or producer, a huge collection of Pixar movies, if not all of them. Um, Like Toy Story, all of the Toy Story movies, A Bug's Life, Inside Out, Finding Nemo, and the rest. So he was brought on as a writer, as was um, Hannah Friedman. Um, And then... This is kind of the last bit I want to get to. It's reported that the story went through significant changes after the new writers were brought on, but Amini's shaping of the story in the first two and final two episodes uh, are still kind of there. And so he still gets credit throughout the series at various different points. Deborah Chow said her vision in telling the story uh, was telling more of a character-driven story and compared it to Logan, a movie which we both love, (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. and Joker, a movie which I'm not at all inspired to see, uh, (laughs) but also gritty westerns um, and and Kurosawa as well. Um, And then finally, 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 the last thing is that I thought was interesting was in the pre-production stuff, it was apparently a significant decision to bring Darth Vader into the series, and it came after long discussions, but they ultimately decided they needed to because of how large a part Anakin and Vader play on Obi's uh, life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I can't see it being any different now. We- like, it seems to be a huge fucking deal that Anakin... Like it was gra- it was amazing at the end of that second episode when he you finally realize oh my god he has he actually hasn't known for ten years that Anakin was Darth Vader like that was yeah kind of mind blowing it, it it's shocking that it took serious discussions for them to bring Vader in <laughs> and I I would just I wonder why like it's so it's so weird to me that in a show about Obi-Wan Kenobi where you would have to reference Anakin Skywalker a ton. I wonder if they were just worried about all the, all of the flack that the prequels got, that it was going to be seen as like just a overhashing of that. But it's like, if anything, I feel like it's a retribute, like a, like a comeback sort of thing. It's like, well, first of all, this wasn't ever these actors faults. So, for them to be able to reprise these characters in a new way is like really exciting. So that's not the best excuse, but I just wonder if maybe that was a fear, like yeah. bringing those two big characters back together. And, you know, also like the thing of everyone being like, well, we don't want everything to be about Darth Vader, you know, cause he's like the central figure that you see in any star Wars, anything, you know? So that's true. I mean, it's it just, I guess it's just interesting to me because Darth Vader is in, I mean, there's a line of comics going on right now yeah. that Darth Vader's in. Um, and again, I mean, Vader's shadow is just like over everything. You know what I mean? So I, I just thought that was interesting that it, it took serious like discussions. Um, and then Deborah Chow said that having Vader and Maul and the Inquisitors would have been too much. And that's one of the reasons mm-hmm. why Maul was eventually cut and Kathleen Kennedy, and, and I tend to agree with both of these things. Kathleen Kennedy also said that Rebels handled the Maul-Obi interaction beautifully, and there wasn't much reason, essentially much reason to do it in live action, which I True. actually agree with that. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that, especially because it's also a different timeline, I think that having, finding a way to make it so that Maul interacts with obi before the kind of seminal moment in is seminal the right word and that pivotal moment in rebels yeah would have kind of maybe made the rebel scene a little less impactful you know what i mean yes no i agree with you i i it's kind of that thing where it's like just some 
you know, fangirl part of me is thinking about, for example, how I wanted them to re- remake Final Fantasy VII and make it the exact same thing. Yeah. Like, don't literally change anything. Part of me just wants to see that moment in live action. It doesn't even have to be something different. Um, but in thinking about that, I think at this point I would much rather see an evolved version of Anakin and Obi's relationship now that Anakin is Vader than I would want to see. I think the relationship between Obi and Maul has ended, even if it hasn't yet. It will, in a very pivotal way. Um, and and even though they are villains, and it's funny, I always think it's funny that Maul hates Obi so much. Like, I understand why, because he helped throw him down a pit and he turned into a spider or whatever. But like, I mean, he literally cut him in half, so. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, that's probably why he's mad. <laughs> yeah. But still, Maul is the type of person to over overthrow even grudges just to destroy everyone because he has no like allies whatsoever so Obi doesn't seem to care as much about Maul as Maul cares about Obi right yeah, I like, mean Maul's obsessed with Obi-Wan Kenobi and Obi-Wan Kenobi's like dude just die like just go it, away I I don't we didn't cover um any of the Maul episodes where like Maul and Obi interact on Clone Wars um and part of that reason is I I remember reading that, like, Maul was not going to... I remember reading this about, like, them cutting out Maul or whatever um, at some point. And I don't know. Either way, like, we we didn't cover those episodes. But, like, yeah, I I can't remember if this happens or if it's just in my head. But I feel like when Obi-Wan, like, meets Maul, he's just kind of like, I thought you were dead. (laughs) He's like, just go away. Why are you still here? You know, so it and is. Maul's it is like, oh, Kenobi, like yeah. all the time, like. Which again, he's great, and like, there's a reason why I think I he's love a, him a fan favorite. But like, yeah, it is. It was very much a one sided thing. Whereas Darth Vader and Anakin, much more interesting, especially during this time period. One thing I'll Darth note, Vader and Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, or sorry, yeah. What did I say? Darth Vader and Anakin. <laughs> you said Darth Vader, which is still a struggle. Yeah. Well, I was I was gonna say that like. I also read that the way Vader is going to be seen is as like a much less fully fledged force than he is in like later movies. So like, you know what I mean? So like, I think there's, there's an opportunity for him to be kind of like coming, uh, coming into his own as a Sith Lord at this point. Yes. You know, I would love to see some more struggle too. Like, right. Yeah, just like an interaction between him and Obi-Wan, I think, would be much more impactful at this point than, than seeing him with Maul or somebody else. And I, I'm pretty I'm pretty freaking psyched about it. Yeah, me too. I, I also wanted to note, so a couple of other just tiny, tiny things. Um, it's interesting that originally it sounds like the story was going to be Kenobi and Luke... And obviously, it seems like what we've gotten now, and I'm I'm sure Luke is going to come back in at some point. But what we have now is Obi and Leia, which I actually mm-hmm. it's funny. I literally just said that, and I got like chill bumps when I said it. So I think that was like <laughs> the right choice, like in my opinion. Absolutely, like, I agree. Like we we have so much Luke content. Like we have yeah. so much Luke content, and I just love the idea of having more like more leia you know what i mean like and i think Mm -hmm. 
I think what we've gotten so far, and we'll talk about it as we start discussing the episodes, like, is so fucking phenomenal. Like, I think that yes. everything about Leia so far has just, like, it's blown me away. Like, truly. Like, it's been, it's just been so, oh, uh, it's so refreshing, I will say. Yes. I love her character so much. Um, but, but yeah, so I think that that's an interesting switch. I also think Are you going to cry? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not crying right now. <laughs> I think it's such a, I think it's interesting that like the default was, oh, it's got to be Obi and Luke. And it's like, yeah, no, it doesn't. so shitty. Yeah. But it's, what's funny is that, and we can talk about this in a few minutes when we get into the story too, is like, Obi thinks that too. He's like, well, I've got to follow him. Like I've got to train him. It's like, why would you not be thinking about training her? Like, why is that not a possibility? Yep. Why do you suddenly not think she has the force? (laughs) Like. So, yeah, I mean, that was a lot, but I felt like it was all significant to dive into. The the other just kind of key aspect there is, like, the changes that this went through. Going from originally being slated to be a film, having, like, story changes, having your main writer, like, be let go. Your main writing yeah. team, I should say, be let go, essentially. Um, you know, I... I don't know that that means the story is going to be like weaker or if it's going to be stronger, like or anything like that. I just think it's it, those things sometimes can play a role in the final product. So, yep. All right, you ready to do this? Let's do this. Let's go, girls. <laughs> Let's go, girls. Bump bump ba ba bump bump. Uh, cool. So we have, as we said, there are two episodes out at this point. Um. We're just going to really quickly go through the cast and crew and then jump into part one. So the entire series is directed by Deborah Chow. Uh, so we probably don't need to mention her every time, but, you know, just kind of at the at the top, she's directed the first two episodes that are out and will direct the remaining four. We've mentioned the writers already, but again, story credits for part one and part two go to uh, Stuart Beatty and uh, Hussein uh, Amini. And then the teleplay credits go to Joby Harold and then the other two as well. Um, I don't really know <laughs> the difference uh, between those. I'm guessing story credits are just kind of a little bit lesser, but they also got the teleplay credit. So whatever. Of course, of course, of course, we have Mr. Hello there himself, Ewan McGregor, <laughs> reprising his role as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hello there yourself. <laughs> Hello there myself. Uh, I also read, this is <laughs> stupid, in an interview with Ewan, he said that, he, or this was in trivia, I think, maybe on IMDb, he said he wanted the series to be called Hello There. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, okay, He's bud. amazing. He's so fucking funny. He's really funny. He's great. Um, we also have uh, Rupert Friend as the Grand Inquisitor. Sung Kang as the fifth brother, who is another Inquisitor. Moses Ingram as uh, Reva, the third sister. And I just realized I forgot to put down some of their credits, so apologies. I'll make sure that I put some of their other acting credits in uh, for the next uh, for the next episode. Um, yeah. I don't know why I just randomly skipped them. I think because I was like, oh, yeah, everybody knows who these people are. Um, well, we have a lot to digest. We, d- so we, we do have a lot to digest this episode. next time. Yeah, um, we also had Benny Safdie um, as Nari. That's the Jedi who is on uh, Tatooine as well. Benny is one half of the Safdie brothers who are filmmakers and actors. They're probably best known for uh, 
Good Good Time, the film Good Time, and Uncut Gems. Um, Uncut Gems? I When I wrote Uncut Gems, I knew that Cassie was going to go, Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. Why, why would I not do that? Someone has to do it. <laughs> Uncut Gems. Um, also, is his name Benny or Beanie? Benny, I yeah, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Cassie's making fun of the fact that I I wrote Beanie. I in really the didn't notes by know his name was Beanie. Maybe his name was Beanie Weenie. No, it's Benny. Uh, Benny was yeah, also okay. in Licorice Pizza as well. Then we have the return as well of Joel Egerton and Bonnie Piesi, uh as Owen and Baru Lars. Ugh, they Uncle were Owen is so good. Yeah, they were obviously He's also really hot. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> Uncle I Owen's mean. Hot. Yeah, Joel. Joel is killing it. Like as as uh, Owen. I mean, the memes aside, there's been like a ton. Obviously, the meme of like, you know, like you in, trained in his father. To a crisp. Oh. Oh no. Oh. I thought there were memes of him being like, he's a burnt dude now. I mean, that would have been the other actor. <laughs> but Well, it's still him as a character. But... Right, right. No, th- there's memes Remember the of... Chris figurines they made? Was that real? Oh, Remember that? No, that was fake. <laughs> <laughs> there there was, um, there's memes where he says, like, like you trained your father to Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. That's a line that he's, he says, and it's in the trailer yeah. and everything like that, but he... Uh, people have taken that and like inserted Owen into like various other Star Wars scenes. I think it's like one <laughs> Star Wars account that's been doing it. I I don't remember who, but like I I've, I feel like I've also seen it in other world, not just like Star Wars. So it's like so it's like Amazing. oh like you you know I don't yeah. know anyway. Um, but no, I think he's I think he's doing a f- phenomenal job, and I hope I hope he's featured more in the show itself because. He yes. is fucking phenomenal. We didn't really get much of Bonnie um, or on Peru yet, but I'm sure I'm sure she's going to be great as well. Um, also returning is Jimmy Schmitz. Uh, yes. He is back as Bale Organa. And how lovely a man is he? He is so good. And he's a vampire. He plays aged. He plays off of young leia so well like he just he just really does i was as i was like kind of i was like skipping scenes as i was putting the outline together and i got to the scene where he's talking to leia and i was just like it it was it's just he just uh, he just really he feels like bail organa like i just it's he is bail organa i mean in every way it's it's kind of in a similar fashion to that i think ewan is obi-wan for like a lot of people I know that there's like obviously Alec Guinness as well. Like it depends on like which you know movies you saw first, which one stuck with you. But like, I I feel like for Bale, it's like I know no okay, one else dumb. has played him, but like he just he feels so much like he is just the character. I don't know. I have a dumb question, given the fact that we have a podcast on the Clone Wars animated series. Did he voice Bale? I don't believe he did, but let me look that up real mm-hmm. fast. I feel like that's something he would do. I feel like he would be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do it because we talked about this, that not all of the characters are voiced by their like stage no. actors, but yeah, I didn't think okay. he did. Um, I am trying to obviously find... the character looks exactly like him because that is who he is. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to find who voices him in Clone Wars because they do a great job, too. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, duh. It's uh, Phil Lamar, of course, um, who oh. 
who is also I didn't just know that. Yeah, he's a phenomenal actor, but also, I mean, Phil Lamar. Every other Star Wars character. <laughs> yeah, Phil Lamar just does so much. Like that's you know he he's he's such a prolific voice talent. Um, I don't think we've had a had an episode so far talk about Bale, so that's maybe probably why I didn't connect it together. Yeah, maybe. I feel like we've mentioned it, but I, I also don't remember either. Um, we have... So, uh, Simone Kessel is kind of new to Star Wars, and she is playing uh, she's playing Brea Organa. Um, there was a different actress who played her in the, the original trilogy, um, so this is kind of a recast here. And then we have uh, Vivian... Vivian Lyra Blair as Leia, young Leia Organa. Um, and she has a few acting credits. Um, she also has uh, producer credits, funny enough. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, it, it, she, like, produced a short film, um, which Aww. is kind of interesting. Yeah, very cute. Um, but she's, she's act- so cool. She, yeah, she, she was in Bird Box as well as the Robert Rodriguez Netflix movie, We Can Be Heroes. Um, So that's where she is from. And then we have uh, Grant Feely as Luke Skywalker. Um, And Grant Feely has uh, just like one other, sorry, two other credits. Um, He was in uh, Creepshow. He was Timmy in a segment called Time Out uh, 2021 Creepshow. And then um, he was in a music video um, as Hmm. well. So... Very, very cute. Um, both of them are, are awesome, and I think they were super well cast. Um, a few other folks who I'm going to just speed through a little bit, um, just make sure that we get through enough time. Um, we have Ian Inigo as Cousin Niano Organa, uh, Gabe Fornseca, who is Duke Ko Organa, Roberta Sparta, who is Duchess Celia Organa, uh, and then... I have him twice, so I'm not going to say his name again. <laughs> we have this one was so funny to me. We have Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> is Vect Noker, who is the bounty hunter, um, assassin, yeah. mercenary guy who kidnaps Princess Leia. I did not look it up. I I think I told you this, and it just didn't even phase me. I was like, oh, that dude looks like Flea. And I didn't know it was actually Flea. I was like, that guy looks just like Flea. And I just kept thinking it every single time he was on the screen. But I didn't, I, like, go to verify it. I had to watch, or I, I shouldn't say I had to watch. I watched Toy Story 4 recently, um, and uh, <laughs> Flea is also in that. So it's just so it's totally <laughs> random. And uh, I think you were saying Flea was uh, the, the, the youngest child on the Wild Thornberries. Um, yeah, he's the little wild boy they find in the woods. So funny. Um, and then we have uh, Ming-Q, who is who was Jedi Master Minas Velti. So Ming-Q is actually uh, Ming-Na Wen's stunt double on Book of Boba Fett and the oh. Mandalorian, and has also worked with her for over 10 years. And I just thought that was really cool uh, that that um, that she had, you know, featured role um, in this as well. Jedi Master uh, Minas Velti is, we'll talk about this, but is the Jedi Master we see at the very beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. And then we have a bunch of younglings um, who oh. also are at the beginning of the show. We have Aiden Arnold, Jonathan Ho, Oliver Ho, uh, Jonas Kribrib, uh Mila Lanini, uh, and then Ayami Sledge. They were all younglings that were featured. And then finally, we have Leilani Shiyu, uh, who is a familiar name. Uh, she has played 
she was Tika, who is a Jawa, who is in the first episode. Uh, Leilani uh, has played Jawa in various episodes of The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett. And then quickly... I wonder if she played the Jawa that uh, the mechanic dated. I think so. I, I think I think she did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Um, and then in part two, so we have a lot of the same cast members. I'm not going to list them all out again. Uh, but some of the newer faces, uh, we have Kumail Nanjani as uh, Haja <gasps> Estri. Yeah, and Kumail is probably best known for his role as, or his roles as Kingo in Marvel's Eternals, Dinesh on Silicon Valley, his stand-up special, Veep. Um, he is Prismo on Adventure Time and a number of other voice acting credits, including uh, in acting credits, including Aqua Teen Hunger Force, Bob's Burgers, A Colbert Report, Drunk History and Hop Tub Time Machine 2. Yeah. We are we are huge Kumail fans. Uh, love Kumail. Um, and then we have uh, Raya Kil- Kilstead as the fourth sister. She is an actress best known for her roles in Home Alone 3, which just going to pause real quick. Home Alone 3 is an underrated Home Alone movie. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> People don't I like don't it. I don't know if I've seen it. I watched the hell out of that movie for some reason. Is there a, new, reason. Kid? It's is a, it new, a kid? new kid? It's a new kid. It's a new kid and new um, burglars. Um, but I will say that like that is not a great movie, but it is, uh, it is an acceptable movie. And I think people just like... <laughs> <laughs> shit on it and hate on it for anyway but it, <laughs> I mean, the first one's really good it is not the first or the second movie it is not even anywhere close to either of those <laughs> but it's also fine um yeah. i i watched that movie a ton when i was younger for some reason i don't know why but i just did um that's so funny uh she was also in deep impact and a number of other tv credits uh, including the new superman and lois series we have the return of Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader, who we see very Ooh. briefly at the end of the episode. And then one of my favorite moments in the entire series so this far. This was the moment I was talking about. That oh, was, okay. That's, oh, this is that's the right. moment that I scream really loud and I told you that I couldn't say anything. And this is the moment that I was waiting for you to get to. <laughs> I lost my shit uh Timur morrison yeah. as a, an unnamed veteran clone trooper um yeah. and we're gonna talk about that because i, I have speculations i am so excited by that um yeah I, I there's he has some striking similarities uh well, for sure clone well <laughs> so I didn't he mean that. Like, I just yeah some striking similarities to other characters he does yes he does um, and then we had uh, Esther Rose Mac- uh, McGregor, who is uh, Ewan McGregor's daughter, um, as Teetha Grigg. And that is the girl who attempts to sell him spice. The mullet girl is who you wrote. The mullet girl who attempts to sell him spice. Uh, I just thought that, that was That is cool the that- race she's portraying? Mullet girl? <laughs> Shut up. Uh, I thought that was cool. Um, Cassie has a mullet, so it's, I can I can write That's that. why he thinks it's cool. <laughs> um. Uh, and then we had uh, Jacoby Swain as Jayco and Indy uh, DeRoach as Coran. Um, and I probably butchered a ton of names, and I apologize to anyone whose name I butchered. Um, but if you butchered the Star Wars name, who cares? Because yeah, who, stupid. Yeah, forget the forget <laughs> the. Uh, how do you say this? Darth Vadir. Is Barf, that how you pronounce it? Barf Bader. Barf Bader, Barf Bader Ginsburg. Oh my god. <laughs> 
sorry, it just came out. I just watched the latest episode of RuPaul's Drag Race before and after runway. Someone should have done <laughs> Darth Vader Ginsburg. Darth Vader Ginsburg. But you also said Barf Vader Ginsburg. I know, because earlier I said Barf, Barf Vader, I think. Oh, goodness. Um. Barf Vader Ginsburg. Ooh, I saw oh. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into let's get into the juicy juice of these episodes. Um, so, what? <laughs> let's get into the juicy juice. The juicy juice. hundred um, percent juice. Hundred percent juice. I mean, it, it was hundred percent juice. It was hundred percent gas. Like these episodes were gas. Yeah, gas. You've never heard the term oh. gas. I thought you meant like farts. Well, no, <laughs> it's like gas. It's like okay, yeah, no, it's anyway. great. Um, so part one. We The official Disney Plus description for this one, when agents of the Empire pose a new threat, Obi-Wan Kenobi emerges after years of hiding. Yeah, he does. Um, and part one opens up with a recap of events from the prequel films and then quickly begins during the Jedi Purge. So we get like flashes of scenes from the original movies and then boom, we're right after um, Order 66 is happening. We see Jedi Master Minas Velti attempting to save some younglings, but she is quickly killed and the younglings presumably flee. Um, I'm wondering if Nari was one of the younglings. I don't know. Um, it's possible. And I was hoping to kind of see someone pick up Grogu and start running with him. I didn't look that closely. It's possible someone like God, down. Wouldn't have been... No, I was looking hard. I was like, did someone scoop up a little Grogu? Wouldn't but that no. be funny, though, God, if the... like you just see someone like a little speck of green on the bottom, just like running like really fucking fast across the screen. <laughs> you know, you do 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 this little puppet walk. Um, so we kind of start there and then we immediately jump 10 years later and we see the Inquisitors are hunting Jedi. They land in Moss Eisley. And we're introduced to the Grand Inquisitor, as well as the third sister and the fifth brother. The Inquisitors, we have not covered Rebels, but we've alluded to Rebels a ton on uh, on the podcast. The Inquisitors first show up in Rebels, but then they also show up in other kind of media at this point. They were in Jedi Fallen Order. They've shown up in comics and things like that. But this is the first time we're seeing them in live action. So kind of a big Can deal. Yeah. I was just going to mention to you, because I feel like you're a little bit more brushed up on the Inquisitors than I am, because you watched Rebels. We both started watching Rebels, but you watched it farther, I think, than I did, or or something like that, and then we went to watch it together. So you've seen a few episodes a few times, but I did not realize that Inquisitors were, and I, maybe this was something I thought maybe they were throwing out for a future episode, but they mentioned, not in this episode, but the next one, that Inquisitors are also fallen Jedi who decided to turn after Order 66 so that they wouldn't die. And I don't remember hearing about that. And so I'm wondering if that is something they injected to that. So, yeah, I, I, I'll i be honest. I don't know the full lore behind the Inquisitors. I will say in... So notably in... In Jedi Fallen Order, which is the the video game that features uh, Cal Kestis, there is a there is a Inquisitor who mentions being uh, 
she was a Padawan of one of the other characters in the game. So I think that it's a mixture of things, right? Like, I don't think that the Grand Inquisitor... I could be wrong, but I don't think the Grand Inquisitor was a Jedi. I, I need to do more research on that. I think it's a mixture of, like, people who wanted to serve the Empire and were Force-sensitive that, like, received, you know, training. And then I think it was also Jedi and, like, Padawan who were, like, kind of captured and kind of forced into this. I have a feeling that Reva's story probably is close to or mirrors the story of the the Inquisitor in Fallen Order. Like, I just have a feeling that she was, like, a Padawan that was left behind or something like that. Um, and She's was, got a grudge against Obi-Wan. She has a grudge against Obi-Wan, so. yeah. Yep. So there's something there, and I think that that's, like, the logical, the logical conclusion that I've come to. Maybe? Could I add a little bit to that? Yeah, of course. She specifically talks about working for vader now i don't know if she worked for him actually or if she decides after she stabs the inquisitor in the chest that she's gonna go work for him anyway um but i wonder if maybe she was one of the younglings that anakin almost killed and he decided to like take her under his wing maybe and told her how awful obi-wan is and blah 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 i don't know that's possible I could see that. I I will note it does. It's interesting because she doesn't have like, I don't see like the Sith in her eyes. Like you know what I mean. Like a lot mm-hmm. of Sith have you know the yellow red like kind of eyes, um, and you don't see that in her. So I don't know. It's I I'm, I'm curious what her her deal is going to be. But I think she was somehow connected to the Jedi Order before. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So we see the Inquisitors' ships ship land in moss Eisley. they uh start threatening the grand inquisitor has a monologue as he's oft to do um uh and he threatens the owner of the bar to try and draw the jedi the third sister hurls a knife at the guy and a jedi who we later learn is nari uses the force uh to stop her from killing him uh, the Grand Inquisitor wants him interrogated, but the third sister attempts to kill him, which the Grand Inquisitor stops. Um, this is the moment that we start seeing the two of them at odds, uh, but it also won't be the last um, time that we see them at odds uh, in, in either of these two episodes. We then shift very to Very funny because she... Sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say it's very funny because he talks about her being so impulsive <laughs> It's a very Obi-Wan Anakin like relationship. It's so weird because like the Inquisitors I feel like are so much more they feel more like very reined in at this point. Yes. Like a little bit and I don't know if that's I don't know why. Like I don't know why that is. I'm sure we're going to find out a little bit more about why they care mm-hmm. that she's, you know, being a little bit more re- reckless, you know, but either way, um we definitely have some conflict going on within the the ranks of the Inquisitors that we see early on. We then shift out to the sands of Tatooine, where workers are carving up a crate dragon. Obi's here, and he pockets some of the meat for himself. We start to kind of see... Bad. I know. Look at him stealing crate dragon meat. Um, <laughs> we start to see kind of like the cracks in... Uh, the Obi character that we've come to know here because there's kind of an incident where someone who is a worker feels cheated and Oda, Oda B, 
Obi notably does not step in to help out. Obi undercover. He's Obi undercover. He's still undercover. Um, And it's clear that he's grappling with not being a Jedi anymore, I feel like, at this point. Mm -hmm. But he also ignores what's going on and keeps his head down. Um, And we see this kind of as the, I mean, the episode sets this up and we see this as it progresses. Um, He heads into town where he feeds in, I believe it's pronounced Eopi. It's so cute. Which is the, I'm assuming they used a camel and like CGI the head. Eopi was a camel with a CGI head. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Barf Bader Ginsburg. Barf Bader Ginsburg. Um, yeah, and so he rides that out to his cave. This is where we meet Tika, who brings him a package, and we later learn is a toy that he is giving to Luke. I think it was a toy. Aww. It looked like a toy to me. Which um, is kind of funny. Uh, uh, can we just stop for a moment to talk about this moment yeah. when he tries to give Owen the toy? Owen is so upset and, you know, has the right to be because his son is ar- his son. His nephew is already like displaying signs of wanting to be a like a pod racer or a fighter and like uh, a pilot and uh, that's very Anakin it's so Anakin all over and this is the first time that like I'm really connecting young Luke to Anakin being Mm -hmm. Anakin's son like I don't know what it is like when when Luke is first seen in the original trilogy, you don't see Anakin at all. You just see this whiny little boy. It's like, oh, go to Tashi Station. Like, just this drawing little, like, baby. But, like, this moment, as a 10-year-old, like, pretending to, like, immediately shirking off duty to go pretend to be a fighter, like, a fighting a pilot. Like, I keep saying fighting a pilot. Being a pilot <laughs> in, a, <laughs> in a plane, uh... Not a plane. I don't. I can't say words right now. But you know what I'm saying. Like yeah, this starship. was really a starship. This was very like Anakin centric, and it was really cool. So it was kind of funny that Obi Wan was like, "I'm going to protect you, but I'm also going to show you how cool this like toy is that your dad would have really liked." Like, yeah, <laughs> it, it it it's it's a moment that harkens to, I think, because we learn later on that. Obi-Wan thinks Anakin's dead. So, like, I think that there's a huge part of him who's like, oh, Anakin was super into these, like, you know, pod racing and racers and stuff. I'm going to get his son one of these, like, kind of it's thing. my next you know little I mean? brother. Yeah, so it's his it's very sweet brother. and also super heartbreaking. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, no, I totally, I totally, I'm, I'm with you. I think that that is, uh, I think that's kind of the... A very well, no nice wonder connection. Owen is so so furious. Like, and I was gonna say too. We also, I feel like, see Anakin and Leia as well, like a lot because oh, absolutely. She runs off and does her own thing. She talks about like she's able to just pick out like the starships that are landing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Super handy with droids. Like mm-hmm. both of them are so much Anakin's son. Obviously, like Pat, like their Padme son. Or I said they're both Anakin sons. They're both Anakin's son and daughter. And yeah, the, I would say they they also reflect Padme a lot too. Um, There's a Padme it, moment in, in the second one uh, that I that I can get to in a little. Yeah. bit. There's a definite definite Padme moment. So I just yeah I love how they're doing a great job of connecting these characters with their kind of lineage without making it like super overt. You know what I mean? 
yeah, so uh, he has an encounter with Tika. That night, Obi uh, has nightmares about Anakin, Padme, Qui-Gon. Uh, he hears Yoda saying, only pain you will find, um, which is a line from, I believe, Revenge of the Sith. Um, he says that and- to Anakin, right? Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't recall, actually. It's been so long since I've watched Revenge of the Sith. We should have watched that. <laughs> but oh, um, man. I can't remember who he says it to. But yeah, he Obi dreams of this and he wakes up and immediately reaches out to Qui-Gon for help. But there's no response or at least there's no overt response that we see because. Sorry, I just looked it up. Yo, he said it to Obi-Wan. He says it to Obi-Wan. Okay, cool. Uh, the reason I say there's no overt response because. I and this might just be like a little bit too spiritual, but I feel like there's like a little bit of like cosmic stuff happening, right? Because the next couple of things that happen are like pretty pretty important, I think, story wise. He goes over to he 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 kind of the next day he starts watching over he starts watching over Luke, and then he drops off. He waits until night and he drops off that present. Um, and on his way back, he's confronted by Nari, the Jedi who we saw earlier, who immediately recognizes him. Obi, to, uh, he's he's like begging Obi to like help. He's like, we got to do something like, you know, like there's others out there like we can we can do this or whatever. Obi tells him like if he the best thing for him to do is to bury his lightsaber in the sand and go into hiding. Um, so that's kind of like the cosmic thing one, right? That I think it's like there's this. Jedi who encounters him and is like, we have to fight essentially someone who recognizes him. So this is someone who has presumably seen Obi-Wan before at like, you know, the Jedi temple on Coruscant I'm, I'm is my guess. Right. Um, and then after that, we immediately jump to Alderaan and we start meeting uh, tiny Leia mm. and tiny Leia is so cute. And so adorable and just like the most perfectly cast child actor, I feel like, in the history of anything. Like she does such a great job of portraying Leia. Like she just does such and and maybe part of that is is the the directing as well. I just think everything about Tiny Leia is so great. You have to hand it to her. I think it's probably very hard to direct children. Yeah. uh, Given what we've seen of children. (laughs) And what we know of children in general. Yep. Um, she is so eloquent and so smart, and she is perfectly Leia to the core, and it is so cute. And that is why I started crying. Yeah. <laughs> when she was like running through the forest, I was just imagining her meeting up with some Ewoks for some reason, <laughs> just being in the woods, just chilling. Yeah, she's absolute, absolutely perfect. And the introduction to her, I think, is perfect too because we see who we presume is her getting dressed for a big event, but then it turns out she's convinced her handmaiden to dress up another child while she goes off and climbs trees in the woods. Um, The the child is like, oh, she said you would think it was funny, like to to, um, her mom. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just like, of course, like, um, and she's just out. Climbing trees in the wood. Uh, we're also introduced again to her mother, Brea, at this point, um, and also her tiny droid, Lola. Um, Lola. 
Leia also, and this was what we were just talking about, she starts identifying like ships that are landing and taking off um, until her mom finally escorts her back inside and we see a suspicious bald man watching over her. We then jump back to Tatooine and Obi-Work Kenobi is finishing up <laughs> another boring day at the Crate Dragon You're Factory. So I know, he is very dumb. Why is he just working? No, you. I know, just kidding. Why um, is he just twerking? Uh, back in Mos Eisley, he's confronted by Owen, who tells him to leave Luke alone. Uh, they have a confrontation. Leave Luke alone! <laughs> leave Luke alone! <laughs> they have a confrontation. Um, you know, basically, uh, this is where the famous scene where he says, like, he trained his father comes in. Um, and Owen is like, rightly so, just like, I Sick want you burn. to have nothing to do with him because you only care about him because he could be a Jedi or the Chosen One or whatever you know, you want to say Which he is. sucks because he doesn't know how much Obi-Wan cared about Anakin. Like, we do. Yeah. But he understands what everyone else understands. You know what's funny is that everyone who does not have a true look into what the Jedi do on a daily basis, this, you know, one layer perception of what the Jedi do, they're right about them. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, the everyday layperson is, like, kind of disgruntled by the Jedi, especially now at this point, because they didn't, they all died, and now everyone's life is worse because of them. And it's kind of like. <laughs> it's just funny, because, like, they're right. I won't get too deep into, like, politics stuff, but it's kind of like, you know, how Cops? someone. No, 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 no. Oh. I was going to say how someone uh, but like might be like on like the left wing of things, but also like super frustrated with like the, you know, the liberals in power and stuff like that. Because yep. it's like, you know, it's like you're not doing enough or you're like, you're still doing the wrong things. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, it's that kind of thing where it's like, I don't think it Owen is. is like a bad person for hating the Jedi. I think he's like picking out like, no, they're. They fucked up big time. It, they absolutely mm-hmm. did. Um, even though I don't think Owen knows the full story behind everything. I think it's just kind of like that. Like, no, they were in power. They messed up. And now we're under like this, this empire and like things are even worse, you know. Um, But so they have their confrontation right immediately after that. Reva shows up uh, with the fifth brother uh, and they start confronting like people in Moss Eisley. Um, Reva specifically confronts confronts <laughs> confronts Owen, who tells her that he hates the Jedi, and then Reva tells the crowd that she's going to kill Owen and his family if they don't sell out the Jedi who's in town. But she's immediately Man, if that had happened, this would be a very short show. Yeah, <laughs> very very <laughs> short. Um, uh, she's stopped by the fifth brother. Uh, because again, she's just being too reckless. They have a confrontation in the alleyway after that. Obi hides the whole time, which like, mm-hmm. sure, he probably should. <laughs> um, but he he then goes and thanks Owen and Owen's like, I wasn't doing it for you, essentially. Um, you know, he was doing it for Luke. So Owen obviously does not feel very fondly towards Obi-Wan at this point. We then go back to Alderaan. There's a lot of like jumping back and forth between the two planets and that's where the Organas are hosting uh, their family, among other people. Leia gets into an argument with her shitty cousin who tells her she's not a real Organa, uh, <laughs> Organan. 
And there's what a, an we, asshole. That's like a kid trying being like, well, you're adopted. He like that's literally what he said. Like, yeah, it's just like, dude, what? I, I don't know. There was just so much of like that shitty, like privileged, rich kid vibes going on mm-hmm. with him. Um, and like clearly, she doesn't like him from the jump. Um, and she she lays into him too, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, and is like super wise beyond beyond her years, like in in some of the stuff that she says to him. Um, but then there's the cute scene that we mentioned before, where Bale kind of com- uh, comforts her and tells her like you, you you know one day you're gonna like lead and you can tell him what to do all the time, but right now you have to apologize, kind of thing. Um, and then after that, she heads out into the woods again, and that's where she's chased by Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers and abducted. <laughs> and he's going, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> is that what Flea does? No, oh, and- yeah, that's what he that's what he does in uh, the Wild Thornberrys. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I I just imagine him just doing a baseline like boom 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 boom. Um After that uh the Organas kind of make a plea to Obi on his transponder that's kind of like buried in a box. Um and he refuses saying that he's not the same man he used to be. Um some time passes and then Obi comes back to his his home and Bale is there waiting for him. Um Bale basically confronts him and tells him that he needs to move on past Anakin. Like he's, he's like, you're not, not going to help us because you're not doing this because you don't think you're the same person. You feel bad about it. What happened with Anakin? Um, and Bale says like, you couldn't save him essentially. And, um, he says, but you could save her, which I thought was a really powerful moment. Um, and a really great, a great line. Um, and he also says like, there's no one else that he can trust, but Obi in that moment. And also, it's, like, good for him to finally say to Obi-Wan Kenobi, like, what about your, what about your loyalty to her? Like, what is this one-sided thing where you have to protect the boy over her? Like, the boy is out in the desert with his family, and my daughter has been kidnapped. Like, excuse me? (laughs) Yeah, I definitely think, yeah. It's 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 a really frustrating thing, but I also think it's I think Obi sees Luke as Anakin. You know what I mean? Like he's about the same yeah. age as Anakin at this point as Anakin was when they met, and yep. I think he very much is like projecting onto An- uh, onto Luke. <laughs> he's projecting onto Luke uh, like his feelings about Anakin and everything he did wrong, and I don't think Absolutely. he sees Leia in that same light. I also would would say like. In this moment, he's totally wrong, obviously, because, like, she's kidnapped. She does need help. But, like, generally speaking, he probably is, like, she has a great life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she's the daughter yeah. of, like, a senator and a princess. Like, she probably doesn't need my help or need me. Luke is, you know, living out on the farm, which, like, I don't think he has, like, a hard life necessarily, but also not, like, a great one. Um no. You know? But, but so I think that's part of it, too. I also, I can't remember exactly when this happens, but... At some point, kind of in between the end of the episode and like some, this stuff that we mentioned, you f- we find out that Nari was killed by the yes. Inquisitors um, and hung. Well, he wasn't hung. He was like strung up. Like they were very. They. It was one of those things where it was like they didn't want to have him hanging like by his neck. Yeah. Um, but like they very much used that visual where you see his feet yes. and then he's it kind of like pans up and he's but then it they was immediately a western kind of thing 
It was a very Western kind of thing. But it was he was killed and then they just strung up his body, like to hang. Yeah. Um so As an example. I think that was also one of the moments that like hit Obi-Wan as well, because Obi-Wan saw him. Um and then after that, Obi makes his way out into the desert where he digs up a box and he has buried his lightsaber alongside Anakin's lightsaber. Mm. Um, and we kind of take that as like he, Obi-Wan Kenobi is dead, <laughs> just like Anakin Skywalker is dead. Like he's yeah. taken on a whole new name and persona. He's Ben Kenobi. He's just like a worker hermit. Um, and yeah, he's like like literally buried you know both of them um and yeah and then after that um that's basically the end of the episode but then we also kind of he boards a freighter to head off world and then we learned that reva the third sister is actually the one who hired uh flea and the red hot chili peppers to kidnap leia <laughs> the rest of the red hot chili peppers yeah she hired all of them <laughs> how long how long oh, has she been talking to all them, them were there <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's that was the end of episode one. Um, do you want to take over and talk about episode two? Yes. Yay. Okay, so the official description of this one is, on a dangerous crime-ridden world, Obi-Wan becomes a target. <laughs> and uh, this dangerous crime-ridden world is Dayu. So he heads there to find baby Leia. Um, he's not really sure where to go when he first gets there because we come in on this very, like... Uh, What's the word I want to use? Like Blade Runner City. Mm-hmm. It's like very neon, very dirty and grimy. He's been tracking uh, fleas. Uh, I'm just going to call him Flea for the rest I know. of the whole thing. I, just <laughs> I can't even remember what thing. his character name was. It's like Rock Dookie or something. I don't know. Rock to track. <laughs> but um, I like Flea. I wanted to note, um, I did see that they like, they wanted Dayu to be like a contrast to like the sand of Tatooine, obviously like this kind of very like, wet, very wet, very grimy, but also very yeah. bright, very neon colored, um, mm-hmm. cool, cool planet. It reminds me of, um, it re- definitely reminds me of a couple of planets that we've seen on clone wars. Also the planet on bad batch. Um, it reminded me a lot of specifically like the underside of Coruscant, like the underworld portion of Coruscant, and then yes. the planet on in Bad Batch, uh, which I can't recall the name of it, where they are kind of like stationed out of for a while. Mm-hmm. Kind of had where the uh, where that boss lady's uh, restaurant is or yep. her cantina. Yep. Um, I was also gonna say uh, we we'll get to this in a second. But the style of a lot of the people who are obviously like spice dealers, drug dealers, reminds me of the the, the droid kids in Boba Fett. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, which is kind of cool because, you know, around this time you'd have a similar like style, I guess, uh, that the kids are like growing into. So that was kind of neat to see that similarity. Um, he kind of finds out from some random guy that like all signals in and out of Dayu are blocked. Because it's like a crime sit- city. So he's not going to be able to find him by tracking him anymore. So he's kind of lost, kind of bumping around. And this girl comes up to him, who is actually his daughter in real life. Ewan McGregor's daughter. Ewan McGregor's daughter. So funny. Uh, Tethra Grigg is her character name. And she gives him some spice. And I thought it was really great that she says that she was once someone's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like... Was that a dig because he's your dad? Or was it just funny because he's your dad? Or are you saying you never see your dad anymore? 
I was like thinking really dark and sad about it. I don't know, but it was funny. I don't but no, if that's the case, no, but no, no, I, no. Maybe. You know, it's just funny. Yeah, it's just funny. Uh, I was just getting sad and pedantic about it. But also, she has the same style. Mullets are obviously a style that the girls are into right now because that other chick in Boba Fett also had a mullet. So just saying, there's something there. I don't know what, but it's just that they're cool. That's all it is. Mullets are cool. And then there's a clone asking him for money. And it's Tamora Morrison. And he looks hot even though he's all sweaty and gross and has long hair and a beard. And uh, so this is where I wanted to pause for a second. Well, he was bald. Wasn't he bald? No, he had a long raggy mane of hair. But that doesn't mean he can't be bald later. (laughs) What I mean by that is he might shave his head and he might be someone we know. Do you think it's Rex? I don't know. I Because at this point, okay, so we're 10 years. Bad Batch is what? Bad Batch takes place no, ten, right, right after. after. Yeah. So we're not 10 years. So this very much could be Rex. It could be. Because when we see Rex in Bad Batch, he's a fatty on a no, ship he's not in a, the desert? No, you're thinking of Rebels. Oh, I'm thinking of Rebels. Okay. Yeah, in Rebels he has... Oh, Rex. Oh, obviously Rex is very much still with Ahsoka. Um, so I don't think... Rebels? Rebels is around this time then, right? Because... Yes. Rebels? Okay, so... No, 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 no. Rebels, Rebels, Leia is like 17 or something. Yeah, she's like 6... Yeah, I think they're like 15, 16 in Rebels. So this... Could still very possibly be Rex. It could be, 100%, yeah. Yeah, because we don't know um, the progression of Rex's story at this point from yeah. right after. We do know that eventually he's like on a boat out <laughs> yeah, in the Yeah, he's on a barge. with um, Kind of like retired. Yeah, with the other clones. I can't remember their names. Gregor and someone else. I, I, yeah. I don't think this is Rex. I don't no, know why. I, don't I just think have so a f- either. I just wish it was. <laughs> I just have a feeling it's not. I think it's. I think it may end up being someone else. I also think we could have Tamora Morrison play a different clone at some point. I think we're gonna yes. have Commander Cody show up. Ooh, cool. Okay. Um, but I don't know because at this point, like the clones have been basically been like decommissioned, right? Like yeah. there, and that's one of the reasons why he's like begging on the street. You know what I mean? Like we didn't get a good look at the helmet but i wonder if it had the ahsoka markings on it like because that would be telltale like i guess most of the clones had ahsoka markings in that one pivotal moment before order 66 occurred at least the ones that were around her um so that doesn't really matter i guess i'm just saying like we don't know what platoon he was a part of but um again i think this is just an indication of like hey we're going to put Tamora Morrison in clone armor. We might do it again, which would be super fucking awesome. Uh, but maybe not. So I'm looking at it and there he are... He does have hair. He has long hair and a long beard. Yeah, you're totally right. There are markings on his helmet, but I can't... Oh. I can't really see them. They're definitely not the the markings that the battalion like used. Like tally marks? No, I, oh. it's... It's like a really, I mean, the screen, it's a dark image. So like all the screenshots are like super dark, but um, 
Yeah, he definitely... I was going to say it's tough because it seemed like he didn't recognize Obi-Wan, but he also may have been playing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, he obviously wasn't triggered to kill him, which is good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think at that point he probably needed to be activated. Uh, That had already happened 10 years ago, so... Oh, sorry. I was looking at the back of his helmet. You can't really tell. I don't no. think he has markings on the front of his helmet. Yeah. Doesn't look like... Well, it's still interesting that Obi-Wan gives him money after the fact that he knows that, you know, he probably slaughtered a whole bunch of Jedi. Well, so. I I have to... I mean, I have to think, like... I, I think that Obi-Wan, like, he knows, like... He may not know about the inhibitor chips and stuff like that and, like, how Order 66 worked. But I think he knows, like... He, I mean, it, at minimum, he served alongside, like, these clones yes. for years, you know? Yes. So I think he, he definitely still has, like, feelings of, like, you know, he feels bad for this person, you know, I think. Yeah. And, it was and there, great. It was the fucking best moment. It was so great. I also think it's really interesting because he and Obi-Wan are in a very similar position, right? Like, yeah, this clone doesn't really have a purpose anymore. Obi-Wan doesn't have a purpose anymore. It's like, so true. You know what I mean? Like, I think... I think Obi-Wan probably connects with him. And also, like, again, they they were so close, whether it's a clone that he knew or not, you know, like yeah. they were so close together that I don't know. It, it was it was a really touching moment. And I'm really glad that they did that. I hope we see other clones because I, I have to yes. think we're going to see other clones at some point. Yeah, I loved it. It was my favorite part. Yeah. Um. And then Obi's guided by a little boy named Jayco, who says he knows a Jedi that can help him. And this is where we see Kamel Nanjani playing Haja Estri, which I have to wonder if that is the name he made up for himself. Like, ooh, this is a cool Jedi name. Because uh, he loves to say it. You can tell he's, like, so into himself. Uh, but he's obviously a con man who has, like, magnets in his hands which, <laughs> that he uses to, like, like force the comm link over to himself. When we're introduced to him, he's helping a little family, a, a woman and child, who's apparently, to her, force-sensitive to get to Coruscant, to get off the planet. And while he does help them, he does make them pay. And then Obi busts in to talk to him and says, I've been looking for a Jedi. Haja says, yeah, I'll help you for a price. Um, and Obi totally exposes him for not being a real Jedi, which I think is so funny. The way I he love does it. it is he threatens him with a fucking gun. <laughs> like, it's so not good. a lightsaber, not indicating that he himself is a Jedi. He's like, no, dude, like, I know you're lying. I know How uncivilized. Tricks. Yeah, it's just so great. Oh, there's a lot of uh, Obi-Wan. I didn't. I didn't clock like exactly when it happens, but I noticed in this episode, there's a lot more Obi-Wan beard stroking and it made me so happy. He's like, smokes, like stroking his beard. He does. He does the mustache. Yes. I, oh, gets, oh, he does. He does this like specific mustache, uh, twirl that's on, I'm trying to think it's on the, I think it's his right side. He like does this. He, where he like, he like has his arm, his like one arm folded, and his arm <laughs> resting on it. But and he then was he just, doing it. Yeah, and it's like it's it's so perfect because it's a fucking as a person with a beard, it is a fucking tick to like <laughs> to like stroke your beard or do something with your beard, and it's so real. Oh, I that know. Like, 
you know, Obi-Wan can like would do the same thing. Cause like, hell yeah, yeah. he would. <laughs> I love it. I hope that I don't actually know this, but I hope that Ewan has watched Clone Wars because I feel like it would just impact it would impact his understanding of Obi-Wan as a character so hugely. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's I- like he is Obi-Wan Kenobi too, though. Like he is also just like Bale is or just like that actor is Bale Organa. Like Ewan McGregor is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Um and Alec Guinness is too, but he learned from Alec Guinness, right? So like there's like this that yeah, whole weird it? stroking thing. I was going to say. She used to do it all the time, too. Yeah. I think that specific, it's a very specific. Where he got like, it from. It's like the mustache area, I think, is yeah. Alec Guinness yeah. did it first. And then I think you did it in the prequels. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. No, I'm, I'm 100% with you. I, I, I know that Hayden had mentioned watching like the animated series um, at certain points. That's which is exciting. Really exciting to me. Um, and yeah, I, I, I have to imagine that you and probably watched a bit of it as well i wouldn't mind getting a clone wars flashback of anakin and Obi-Wan. i i think i think we're gonna i think we're gonna oh, oh god i'd get fucking chills okay anyway sorry we're only at the very beginning of this episode and we're like almost more than an hour into I know. this podcast. also episode. real quick if we i hope i honestly one of the reasons i hope we get a flashback is to see live action clone wars era jedi armor Oh, yes. Like, yes. oh, how cool would that be? That would be so dope. I love it. All right. So this con artist Jedi decides he will help him and sends him into the sewers, which then turns into Kenobi getting into the spice meth lab. <laughs> I mean, it's just a spice lab, but it looks like a meth lab, which I never thought spice. I thought spice, you just get it. I didn't know you had to process it. But I guess it's the same way as other drugs. You don't really have to if you really want to get fucked up. But I guess if you process it a certain way, it does different things. Who knows? Anyway, he gets into the back room and there are these cells. He gets uh, beat up a little bit by this human worker and this other uh, Zabrak or Iridonian, whichever word you prefer. I know it depends on where they were born, but uh, who knows? We don't know. We just know that he has spikes on his head. Um, I do love, I want to point out here, that this is the first fight we see him get into. And he immediately tries to be really badass and he is decimated. Like, he definitely gets the hang of it again. He's like, oh, this is how I do my, like, flipping shit. But, like, it takes him a moment to, like, get to that point, right? Like, he's, he gets clocked in the jaw and he's like ow like he 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 makes this like very like strange noise of pain which is like i haven't been hit in the face in over 10 years and i used to get hit in the face every day of my life and so (laughs) it's like obviously like a big deal i just thought that was some really great acting really great characterization um and then when he finally, you know, gets past them and he finds Leia, Leia runs out of the shadows and fucking punches him in the stomach, which is so great. And I want to say that I nostalgically was hoping she would say something like, aren't you a little, like, grungy for a Jedi or, like, a little tall for <laughs> some, I don't know, something like, aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper, like, kind of allegory or a little joke. Yeah. There, she's just, like, hanging out there on, like, the chair, just waiting to get rescued again. Uh, which is kind of, you know, Leia's thing is that she's getting rescued, but she has to complain about it the entire time and not let anyone get in her way, I didn't uh, even, which is exactly what happens. It's funny. I didn't even make that connection, but I love that. Like how 
very similar it is to like when she's getting rescued and uh, yeah she's just like completely suspicious of luke and yeah. just like who are you like why would you be what she is she's so she's like why you're not a jedi ew like you you can't be a jedi so that's what happens um and then we're like taken into this like chase scene that happens for a very long time and i like to um oh i wrote a note that before they leave flea comes back and is like you know he's kind of underwhelmed by the, the sight of obi-wan too and he's like you're a jedi like you're just a, you're just like everyone else you bleed you know and obi-wan goes everybody bleeds and then he pocket sands <laughs> him with some some sand sand and then he runs away and i just was like cracking up at that point um kenobi leads leia out into the alleyways which i like i said begins a series of a bit too long chases where she's like "Ooh, shiny shiny and he's like smacking her hands away from things and she just continuously attempts to walk away like i feel like they directed the this girl at this point to be like okay anytime he grabs you try to find a way to get out of his like <laughs> like hands like yeah. try to walk away like it was a very specific directorial choice and it was great i loved it it did go on for a really long time though we talked about that we just thought that like it's it so was my, a very long chase scene that my thing is is less the chase scenes being long and more just like chase scenes with small children are always tough because it's like yes 100% Obi-Wan should be able to just, like, chase her they down They can't run that fast. Yeah, like, same thing <laughs> in the first... Your legs are a third of your size. Same thing in the first episode, where it just... It ends up looking a little awkward. I think it works fine in animated series, but in... Yeah. In live action, it's sometimes a little tough. So yes. that was my complaint, where it's like, yeah, I feel like everybody has to, like, pull back, and it's obvious they're pulling back when they're chasing a child yeah. in real life. Um... Or just, like, shorten them. And I think that's where, like, the length kind of piece comes in, where it's, like, shorten the chase scene so that it's not happening quite as long. Well, as they are being chased, uh, the Inquisitor arrives on the planet to find Obi-Wan as well. And he sort of chastises Reva when he realizes that she is the one who, you know, created this plan. And she's trying to say, like, look, I'm actually trying to do something. You guys aren't actually trying to find him at this point. Like... I went into the archives and I saw that he had connection with Bail Organa and I knew that he would come out of hiding for his daughter, blah, blah, blah. So she obviously created this whole thing. Um, she's the one that hired the marauders to come kidnap her. And he says some really mean things to her. I mean, he tells her that she was basically like a gutter rat and that she wasn't really one of them. So that also makes me think that she was probably a Padawan or a Jedi or something yeah. that they loathe in the first place or they just picked her up because of obviously some type of connection that we don't know about to obi-wan quite yet there's something there i have to imagine we're going to get a little more about the inquisitors because yeah um you know if you haven't watched the live action shows you're just gonna yeah. not know anything about them um i actually yes. it's funny i i i had asked um i'd asked Derek, who's been on the podcast before, um, if, you know, if they felt out of place or anything like that. And he was like, no, they seem fine to me. Like, and so I think, I think the other thing is like, there's kind of two things at play with this series and like any of the live action series where they're bringing in some of the other additional lore where it's like, you have the people who are like super ingrained in it, which like, we're not experts by any stretch, but like, we're probably closer to that side of things where it's like, we 
consume like all the animated series and like you mm-hmm. know read the comics and books and things like that versus like you know someone who would just be watching you know obi-wan kenobi because they're like oh yeah i i love the prequels i want to watch you and mcgregor back again you know what i mean and like i think for me i sometimes i think like oh you have to know everything about the inquisitors mm-hmm. for them to make sense and it's like no they can just be like cool villains like yeah. you know yeah. like um mm-hmm. And and anyway, I just want to mention that because I feel like I've seen, like, some, like, a little bit of that, like, with other stuff before where it's, like, oh, they're bringing in so much stuff from, like, these other things. Like, nobody's going to know what's going on if you didn't watch, like, Clone Wars or whatever. And it's, like, yeah, they're going to, they're going to figure it out. (laughs) Like It's, like, with Ahsoka. If you hadn't seen in Mandalorian, you might have been, like, who the hell is this? But, like, at some point, no one cared because they were, like, oh, she's awesome. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think we will get more about them even that said like i think we're gonna have like yeah. a little backstory um it will obviously have a backstory about reva like she, she's gonna get mm-hmm. explained but yeah so uh speaking of which um reva even though the inquisitor tells her that she is off the case she is like i'm gonna do what i want to do and has obviously decided that she doesn't care what the inquisitor tells her to do the grand inquisitor tells her to do anymore especially after that like uh discussion and she decides to um, place a bounty out for Kenobi publicly so that the bounty hunters kind of do the rest of the work for her so that she can kind of put him in a corner. Um, so while they're being chased, or while he's chasing Leia, they start to become chased by the bounty hunters once they start to be recognized in public. Um, they kind of get to a hiding point in an alleyway and Leia is just kind of like looking over Lola who's been broken and she grows suspicious of Kenobi when she sees the bounty on his hologram and very quickly she figures out exactly what's going on and she's like these kidnappers are after you this isn't about me at all are you even here on my father's behalf like are you even supposed to be saving me and she runs off and how uh, fucking smart is she like God, I mean, she's she, like... she just was like, immediately. I mean, she is around politicians all the time. Right, right, so right. So she has a very strange upbringing. But also, her parents were really smart. Bale and, uh, you know, Bayra are really smart. So, I, what? I just think, I was just thinking, like, the juxtaposition of, like, Luke and Leia and, like, Luke's... <laughs> Luke's kind of a fucking idiot, like dumbass. <laughs> just yeah. a dumbass. Like, Luke's out there, like I'm, I'm harvesting blue milk in moisture. He's out and there pretending I'm on a pilot in a. Yeah. Air, uh, I keep saying airplane, starfighter. Sorry, sorry. I want to just make it perfectly clear. I'm not calling child Luke a fucking idiot, like at all. I'm talking no, about like is. Luke w- in <laughs> in a New Hope. You know what I mean? Well, like, also he, compared to Leia, like yeah. Leia. Which is the same, right? Because Leia's well, we like, haven't. come on, Luke, what's wrong with you? When he's a teenager and he's like, oh, her, her, I'm going to save you. And she's like, you're dumbass. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> I know what I'm doing. That's, that's, I, that's more what I'm getting at where I think they do a good job of characterizing yeah. Leia like super early on as this like wise beyond her years character. Yes. Um, but yeah, Which, not <laughs> child Luke. We don't to, know enough about to know if he's a fucking he's a idiot. Dumbass. <laughs> to that point. Um, a little bit later, when they're hiding again, because there's like a few different moments where they're hiding and not hiding. Obi, I like to point out that Obi Wan said that she's just as fierce and stubborn as someone that he used to know. And Leia asked if she was a Jedi, which I think is so cool because 
Leia has the force. Like, no one, I mean, she would be inspired by Jedi. Like, she, you know what I mean? Like, that's something that I bet she would get very excited about, especially a female Jedi. But then he says that she was a leader that died a long time ago. I'm assuming he's talking about Padme. But then I kind of also thought about Satine. Yeah. It's funny because I feel like there's a couple different people he could be talking about. I think there's Padme, there's Satine. I also think, in a way, part of me is like, maybe he's talking about Ahsoka. Because, like... But she didn't die. Yeah, To his knowledge, she's dead. Like, all the Jedi died. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, so, like... Oh, yeah, I guess he thinks she's dead. Yeah. So, I don't think he's talking about her because she says, was she a Jedi? And I... I think he says no, she was a leader. Maybe she didn't yeah, say that's no. That's what he though. says. Um, but it also is cool that like I love that there's enough like great female Star Wars characters that like it's questionable yeah. like which one it is. <laughs> I mean, m- more more likely he's talking about Padme. Um, but still, or you know, you're stubborn just like your fucking father was, <laughs> yeah. who used to run away from me every time we were trying he to said do something. She, didn't he say she was a leader of people? Or did he just I think say, so. Yeah. Which makes me want to say that, again, it, it, that it could actually go either sounds way. more Satine to me than Padme. I mean, Padme did lead people, but, you know, she was a senator. I, I don't know. So it's kind of interesting. I mean, yeah. she was Queen Amidala for a while. Satine was more, so. like, actually, like, ground level leading her people. Padme did at one point when she was queen but then gave that up to be a senator where she was more representing her people. So, like, I'm definitely splitting hairs, but, like... Yeah, who knows? It could still go either way, but I think for me, like, in my heart, I'm like, I hope he's talking about Satine. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, that, before that happens, though, uh, when Leia runs away, the only way, the way that Obi-Wan kind of gets her back is that they're being chased, and then Reva finds them. She knocks down this uh, antenna tower which she uses as a bridge and they're kind of like jumping around doing some parkour and leia goes to jump and obi-wan tells her not to and she falls and she's hanging and when she descends to the ground he uses the force in what i can only think is probably the first time he's really used it this hard in the last 10 years yeah so there's just you know crazy there's i i think that it's important to like think about so like deborah chow mentioned like some of her inspirations for this were like was the movie logan and i thought like the the entire time i was having like there's this big thing in logan of him like popping his claws again for like the first time and i think there's also that with him with obi-wan using the force and i think it's going to be the same thing when he like finally pulls out his lightsaber um and so i i kept thinking of that of like he hasn't done this in so so long i also think there is a great juxtaposition of reva and obi because reva's like doing backflips and like using the force as she's chasing them down and obi clearly isn't right he is suppressing his connection to the force like to the like hundredth degree right like he is which must also must take talent and skill yeah oh for sure you know like like um anakin said was it anakin who said that obi-wan was one of the most powerful jedi that he knows Mm -hmm. um you know master yoda and 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 my master are like the two most powerful jedi i've ever known and uh yeah he says something about like he's he has like uh i can't remember now he's talking about like the strength of um anyway. oh yes but but you know what I'm, yeah you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah. um 
Ewan McGregor must have had so much fun getting ready to use the Force again for the first time. I know. Oh, I can't imagine, like, getting to wield a lightsaber again for what has been such a long time. Like, that's just so exciting as, like, an actor. But, obviously, she doesn't fall. He saves her. And then she's finally like, oh, I guess you really are Jedi. I'll pay. I'll do what you tell me to now. And so, <laughs> they start heading toward... Um, I kind of skipped over a, a big moment. Before they run into Reva, they're going to go into the regular, like, cargo port, but it's been blocked off. Yep. And that's when they meet back up with Haja, who we have seen a moment where Haja sees the bounty and goes, oh, let's go get them. And then we see him run directly into them, and yet he says that he's going to help them. So clearly something's going to happen in the next episode. But very obviously, Obi-Wan's kind of aware, like, I'm pretty sure this is a trap. You're fucking with me. I was going to say, it's either a double cross or Haja saw like the bounty and was like, cause he says, let's get to them first. Um, and part of me is like, Oh, maybe he's saying let's get to them first so that we can help them. Um, I don't like know. that's a possibility too. Uh, cause he does point out like, he's like, yeah, I've been like conning people, but I've also been helping them like get to where they need to go. Like, yeah, he's like, I love true. money, <laughs> but also I'm helping people. Uh, yeah. so I don't know. It'll be interesting. Well, I wonder what it also means for him to, like, actually have met a real Jedi and be like, oh, shit, like, this is important. Like, you know, there might be more to him just pretending to be a Jedi. He might actually care about them or have a very, like, lofty vision of what they are and define one that's alive would be very, you know, because yeah. he does kind of throw himself into Reva's way for a minute, which was very surprising. And he's like, oh, I'm the Jedi you're looking for. And she's like, no, you're not. Get the fuck out of my way. Uh, very quickly kind of cast him aside. And uh, then we we speed back up to the point where she's chasing Obi and Leia. And this is where we have this huge moment at the end where they're in hiding. They're about to get into the cargo pod. And Reva spills to Obi that Anakin's still alive and that he's looking for him. And I did not realize that he did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that was supposed to be a big thing for everybody because I was like, oh, shit. He, for 10 years, he did not know that Anakin was alive. And we see what I'm assuming at the end of this episode is Hayden Christensen in new prosthetics. Oh, it is. Yep. Back in the back to tank being resuscitated, which is so fucking cool because we're going to get to see some more like creepy, you know, first steps vader maybe like oh i can't wait i am gonna say that i'm gonna miss that luxurious curly hair that clone wars anakin had but i think we're gonna, gonna be... get i i really think we're gonna get flashbacks yeah i think I we are so. I, I think we are too we also real quick you skipped over the 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 other big moment at the end of the episode where reva stabs oh, yeah duh oh, yeah god Kills, uh, presumably kills the Grand Inquisitor. Which, I was reading about this because as soon as it happened, I, like, Googled and everyone was, and everyone's like, what the fuck is going on? And I was like, I mean, the Inquisitor could be a clone. That's another thing. Um, his race have been known to, to have been cloned before. Yeah. That's very true. Or, he's just not dead. Yeah, it's interesting. We'll we'll have to see what happens with that specifically. The other the other thing I wanted to mention, I saw someone talk about, and I don't know how true this is, but someone said that they like the trailers that we've gotten so far 
mostly used scenes and footage from the first two episodes. So like with the exception, I think of like Vader, I think we see like a silhouette of Vader and stuff like that. But like, if that's the case, like we're getting like a lot of new stuff very quickly. Like, yes. So I'm excited like for the next episode, like probably more excited than I am for like, for what these two were. Cause I don't know I what's going to happen. I, I mean, I was just, I was flummoxed and surprised by Leia. Like the fact that that yes. was such a huge proponent, like I did not realize how big of a part she was going to be. I thought maybe we were just going to see the two kids in the very first episode. And the fact that like she became a pivotal part of the show, just, I have nowhere, I have no idea where it's going to go. And I'm so freaking pumped. I wonder if child Leia is going to meet child Luke. Like, oh. I know that they obviously don't know each other when they first meet in the I movies, mean, we but met that does kids. Yeah, like they no, could still met it. Yeah, they could still could have met as kids, like and then like you know they don't know for sure. You remind me of this little girl I met who was really mean to me because she said I was dumb. <laughs> yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, I think these these two episodes were great. I'm, I'm cur- I'm just so curious as to like what is going to happen next, and also like it's such Can't a wait. short series too. That's the only other thing yeah. that's a little bit of a bummer because like we only get six episodes. <laughs> Um, so, but in other news, we just found out that we are going to see almost all the Rebels gang in live action. So that's exciting. That is true. That is true. (laughs) So we'll have to talk about that more at some point too. Yeah. Before we do, we'll have to make sure we actually cover. God, we have so much to do. Was there anything else from these two episodes, um, that we wanted to talk through? Uh, I feel like we covered everything pretty well. Um, yeah we did i mean i definitely think that this was everything i was expecting but also none of what i was expecting um which is i think great um and yeah just excited to see see what is to come well i think that about does it for today's episode you can find each of us on Twitter. Uh, you can find us together. We are at Distant Echoes SW. Or you can find us each individually. Cassie, where are you located in this galaxy? I'm at Cassie Thulu on Twitter. And I am at Awkward Comma. Tune in next time when we interview the one and only Darth Vader about the wonders a back to tank bath can really do for really, really, really dried out skin. It's all about the hyaluronic acid. <laughs> I think we might have ended with this one before for like Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> but you know what? It works here too. You know what? Skincare is so important. Skincare is when it's been dur- burned in a violent volcanic storm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> he what? he's gonna he's gonna be just fine. I have a feeling. I don't know. (laughs) Goodbye! You looked at me, bye! So ominously. You looked at me so ominously. Alright, see you.